suave, very sophisticated, and a real jet-set chatter-upper. Oh, really? Yes, somebody did tell me he's a while with the ladies. Very suave, very elegant. Oh, I'm dying to meet such a charming conversationalist. Shall I... Hello there, it's Chappie, your British butler. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. A couple of little florets for you. Why did you pulverize me and make me into some delicious soup? Add some cheese, add some pepper. I found the most wondrous accompaniment. A little bit of seasoning. You've got hatch green chili and red chili pepper flakes you can get now from Trader Joe's. Ah, you add those beauties to whatever you want. It gives a little bit of pep, a little bit of spice up your life. It really would make that cauliflower soup pop. Did I did my microphone pop then? Pop, boom, pop, 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 pop. Hello, welcome along. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. Episode 192 today. You're very, very welcome. You caught me between the last day of the football season and I'm feeling a little bit Spursy. Well, I'm a Spurs fan and they're playing my hometown club, Norwich City. And that sounds very, very nervous, but there's an irony. If you don't support your hometown club, you know, maybe the club you do support now is going to get shafted on the last day of the season and not make the Champions League. It's entirely possible. But so far, 2-0 up in the match. I'm going to pop in and out between the podcasts here. I say, Chappie, why are you doing this? Saying, are you Chappie, are you supremely confident they're not going to throw it away? It's going to become 2-2, then 3-2. Arsenal are going to win and uh, nab that last Champions League spot. Well, it's entirely possible. It's been one of those mornings. Um, again, I tried out the fish curry before the hike. Well, the fish curry was last night. Uh, yeah, and, and as I said yesterday, things did not go swimmingly. Uh... Yeah, but, you know, think, everything's fine now. Everything's well in the Western world right about now. But I do want to, uh, I do want to bring to your attention, as I said, the seasoning that is the hatch green chili flakes it adds that little bit of pepper, that little bit of pep in your step in the morning. Now, I've also grown, saying, how manly are you, my dear Chappie? Well, I've grown, I've got two days worth of growth there, and you can... <laughs> I'm just brushing against the... I was expecting it to sound like uh, John Wayne in, a, in one of the uh, Spaghetti Westerns as I brush my chin against the microphone, but it basically it sounds like a cat's tail brushing against the microphone. You can just search. No. Yeah. 
I certainly cannot light a match on this uh, <laughs> on this Barbarossa. Well, this very soft Barbarossa that I have right now. I, I'm going to have to shave it. It's too itchy. Uh, but my dying said, I want to see you with a little bit of growth. Okay. Stop being bossy. I said, I'm going to shave it off after the day. But she's never never seen it. I, I, I look like a like a U-boat captain, basically, when I grow the beard in. So I'm not going to do it. I can't do that anymore. It's ridiculous. Don't want to do that. The razor is going to be coming and sm make the face will be nice and smooth again by the close of the day. That, I promise you. But I did sort of think I could light a match on it, but no. No match. I could I'd probably have a better chance of lighting a match off my bottom fluff than my face fluff, so to speak. So I don't think I'm going to be doing that today. Welcome along to the show. It's a Sunday sermon. It's a very trace sportive today. If you like your, if you like your soccer, you like your uh, golf. There's lots of that going on today. So we're going to ease you, and it's going to be a gentle show. We're not going to try to rock you too much today. We're going to you could use this as a soothing experience today on the podcast, and uh, just ease into it slowly. Comfortable slippers on. Maybe the moo moo. Well, my next-door neighbor had the moo moo, and she was eating candy floss the other morning for breakfast. I tell you, that truly is living your best life. So yesterday we had a very late-season snowstorm. It was quite incredible, actually. Uh, about 18, 22 inches up in the mountains, about 4 or 5 inches here. And today the snow is completely gone. But yesterday it was quite deep. I meandered around, I trudged through the snow, I saw a beautiful heron, massive wingspan uh, yesterday, and uh, it was flying away past the river with a fish in its mouth. It was uh, truly, truly magical. So we're going to get to, I recorded a little bit of audio, and I'm going to pop it into the podcast here, of me doing the snowy trek yesterday. And I have to say, it was like a little bit nerve-wracking, it was like that 14 Peaks. It's like the guy, the, uh, the uh, Tibetan gentleman, who did the 14 peaks i was yesterday walking along on icy tracks without my yak tracks on so i thought it would be a whole like torvalin dean type of experience going on but luckily i was uh, you know i was pretty stable but anyway i'm going to throw the audio in here and you can uh, hear it for yourselves but also coming along the way in the podcast today uh, we did talk about how labels at an inopportune moment do pop up and cause much stress, strife, and consternation for loved ones who hate labels. It, it does happen, you know. You don't want them popping up at an inopportune moment. Squeaky beds, the embarrassment of squeaky beds, broken beds, just down to my size, you know, turning into a little bit of Neanderthal, turning into the Yeti, turning into Sasquatch here. The fish curry, tried it last week, tried it again, made the same mistake, and as I said, things did not go swimmingly. Uh, I mean, it was very, very embarrassing. The gills were exposed and uh, all sorts of um, hubris ensued. And also, I saw Jack. Jack, yes. Old dog Jack. My dearest departed Jack, the uh, rat terrier. I saw his doppelganger the other day. We'll be talking about that. Uh, I did see my neighbor in her moo eating candy floss. Whatever you call that flossy stuff, it's, it's cotton candy, isn't it, in America? Yes, I suddenly remembered here. Cotton candy. 
Uh, are there any screw losers in your bed? Yes, it is. Yeah, you have to be careful. When there's a screw loose, you don't want to screw when there's a screw loose. That is generally the... That's the rule. That is the written rule. Uh, breakfast working out. Um, have you ever tried eating old-fashioned oats before? We'll be talking about the uh, challenges I have eating old-fashioned oats. And I found they're like the perfect sort of healthy breakfast for you that tastes like a seasoned, delicious dessert and pudding that um, is a huge favorite of mine. We'll be talking about that as well. Have you ever seen the Madamus clouds? They look like bubbles or boils. In I saw this the other day. Somebody put a picture up here, and it's this incredible, uh, not the usual sort of cumulonimbus uh, formation of the clouds, but this is the Madamus clouds. Is a dodgy moustache better than a beard? Have you ever tried to clean a corgi's bottom? Uh, I've also got a new uh, an acronym uh, when it comes to working out. Uh, winning the Queen's Jubilee Pudding Contest. Are you a secret drinker? My, my grandmother talked to me about a secret drinker that she knew. Uh, also, holy boxer shorts, chafing. We did mention this yes, yesterday. I think it's time for a wee investment, don't you? My father, very, very good at many, many things when it involves uh, DIY, gardening, absolutely marvellous, making a bed, as my grandmother says, not so much, not so much. And I had a dream about college days. What does that all mean? We like delving into dreams here on the podcast. So that's all of that's coming along the way as well. And trying to get my girlfriend into watching golf. You'll hear of the results a wee bit later. But right about now, you funk's old brother, we have the exit when I trekked in the snow, the May snow. Very, very slippery, very, very icy. 90 degrees the other day, then snow. This is the exit of what happened when I trekked through the May snow here in Colorado. So it's May the 21st here on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. And one of the latest snowstorms in the history here in Colorado. The trees are sort of arching and straining themselves, fully laden with leaves and now fully laden with snow. So it's like me putting all my clothes on. I'm already slightly straining with the weight. And then I add several layers of clothes. So it's probably about, I don't know, about four or five inches, maybe six inches. Not going to measure it, um, but uh, it's so warm underfoot and uh, on the roadways that it hasn't really settled, <clears throat> and it's not too icy underfoot either. So I thought I'd you know not put the tracks on, take a real challenge, almost like Persia in fourteen peaks, scaling the peaks of the Himalayas. I thought it was going to be that sort of challenge for me today, not wearing anything. Um, not who well, I am wearing clothes, but that really would be a challenge. I'd be going back to boarding school, just uh, venturing outside in the undercrackers, freezing your bits off, but also the feeling of great invigoration going outside naked. We didn't feel like that during boarding school, but anyway, so... I do have um, I do have clothes on. You'll be pleased to hear that, um, but I don't have any yak tracks on. So taking a bit of a chance under some uh, 
under some various sort of icy spots here. Um, but the dogs absolutely adore it, absolutely love the snow and frolicking around uh, in the snow. It's one of their favorite things. But uh, I'll put some of these pictures up. I mean, it's like a late May snowstorm. And it's sad because some of the trees and limbs are, are breaking off. So it's, uh, it's challenging, certainly for nature in this time of year to, uh, to have this. And I think a lot of people who planted flowers have, uh, have suffered the uh, waking up this morning and finding out that uh, you know, all the leaves and stems have broken off, etc. And uh, it's frozen overnight in the world. But the dogs do love, uh, do love meandering around in the snow, especially the corgi. I mean, I mean, I I have shorter legs and a longer body, but my belly doesn't rub along a cold snow. I think that would be very pleasant for any animal walking along, feeling uh, feeling ice against their belly. I'm not quite that low to the ground, but. There is a, there is a similarity, as I've said before, in the podcast between me and Corgi. The collie, the border collie, as I love it, reminds them of the wilds of Scotland. Snowy treks uh, in the Scottish Highlands. It's so cold, it's been cold for the next few days, and I think it'll be back to 80. So we had 90 degrees on Thursday, and then it basically dropped... 70 degrees, maybe lower than that actually. Isn't that crazy? And all around us, it's wildfires 1900 degrees, New Mexico, Utah, Arizona. It's uh, steaming hot out there, and a lot of, uh, but this is the sort of moisture that um, I think we'll need. But anyway, that's my little trek out here. Not quite as much snow as we thought, but then again. You know, as I said, the roadways, freeways, were all very, very warm. So the snow settled on it and then just melted immediately. It's like uh, it's like warm beer and cricket. You know, you want an icy cold one, but then uh, the bartender serves you up something a little bit too warm. Anyway, back to the podcasting shack. So I saw this the other day on Twitter. This is absolutely fascinating stuff here. What are the biggest differences between America and Great Britain? And these are some of the responses. Different sense of distance. Brits think of a 10-mile trip as a trek. Americans will drive 40 miles for good pancakes. At least they ain't got any shootings and bad health care, bruv. Universal health care, no guns. This is why the UK is better. The UK hasn't been better than the US since World War One, and hasn't had the right to pretend to be equal to the US since the Suez Canal. Free healthcare for a few arrogant and entitled people, laws that apply to everybody everywhere, better understanding and pronunciation of the English language. That must be a Brit. History, acceptance of multiculturalism, appreciation of tea, Ribena, beans on toast, decent chips and sensible portion sizes. Cheap access to all historic European countries. Well, not now because of Brexit. Proper pubs, smaller, safer high schools 
And when it boils down to it, we love the Queen, especially this year because we get an extra day off. Americans don't have electric kettles. I don't think I couldn't imagine a more horrible place to live. Apparently, Americans do have electric kettles. They're just not as common due to the lower voltage of mains electricity. Better than nothing, I guess, but I'll stick to my better functioning kettle. Well, I have a very, very fast kettle here in the US now. We can cross the street without being arrested, battered, mugshotted, and put in a kettle. Surprisingly, Americans don't put butter on their bread when making sandwiches. I've lived here for 14 years and uh, found out only a few months ago it blew my mind we can say the word fanny well yes you can say the word fanny in the u.s as well but yeah you just have to be very careful where when wearing a fanny pack in the uk we have cabri's roses or selection boxes sports like what rugby with pads because you're scared netball with backboards to make it easier cricket but in the squares you need a bigger turning circle Bonfire night, Catholic Guy Fawkes set up barrels of gunpowder to blow up the Houses of Parliament with King James I inside but was found just before. We burn a scarecrow, the guy on a fire, every November the 5th to celebrate that he didn't manage it. In America, if your next-door neighbor has a Rolls-Royce, you want one too. In England, if your next-door neighbor has a Rolls-Royce, you want them to die in a fiery accident. We don't make a stupid deal out of Halloween and make kids go begging. We've realized Black Friday is actually totally shit. Biscuit versus biscuit when a british subject is arrested they're advised that not responding to questioning may be used in evidence against them when american citizens arrested they're advised that they may remain silent and only statements given may be used against them americans do realize that they call petrol gas but it's a liquid in the uk it's impossible to buy a gun any 10 year old can buy alcohol though in the us you get id'd for alcohol even if you're 60 but you get a free handgun with a happy meal they say that there are doppelgangers for all of us out there. But do you believe that there are doppelganger dogs? Dogs that you've had in your past that sadly have passed away over the last couple of years. Jack, the rat terrier, his doppelganger is one of my next door neighbors. The same look, black face, bad teeth, brown head, uh, brown, brown piece on the skull, uh, skull portion of the head and uh, also incredibly bad temperament. Very, very aggressive. And uh, my current dogs that spend a lot of time with Jack, like Maggie and Jules, like, look and thinking, why have you come back from the grave to make my life miserable? Something that Jack would be very, very proud of, though, is the next door neighbor who eats candy floss, uh, floss candy, whatever you want to call it, candy cane that's basically been made into a floss, I mean, it's not the sort of floss you use between your teeth because, uh, I mean, that's basically the sort of floss that Jack would use between his teeth. That's why his teeth are so wrong. But she eats candy floss for breakfast in her moo-moo, living her best sugary, high-glycemic life. I saw an amazing cloud formation the other day, and I just had to look it up. The Mamatmus cloud, also called the Mama, the Matma cumulus, meaning the mammary cloud is a cellular pattern or pouches hanging underneath the base of a cloud, typically a cunonimbus rain cloud, although they might be attached to other classes of parent clouds. The name Mamatmus is derived from the Latin mamma, meaning udder or breast. These are like amazing, like boils hanging down, little bubbles hanging down. According to the WMO International Cloud Act, mamma is a cloud supplementary feature rather than a genus. 
species or variety of cloud. The distinct lumpy undersides are formed by cold air sinking down to form pockets contrary to the puffs of the clouds raising from the convection of warm air. These formations were first described by William Clement Levy in 1894. And they're amazing. Look them up. They're like a bubble wrap cloud. After starting working out again, I'm doing the old fashioned oats. So I don't know if you've ever had the old fashioned oats before. You basically have to uh, boil them in milk for 200 years to get them to soften, uh, to make them into a porridge before you can actually eat them. But you know what? Uh, breakfast is a breakfast workout, eating all these old fashioned oats. Quick oats is one thing. I mean, they basically crumble as you put them into your mouth. But the, with, the, with the old fashioned oats, there is so much masticating involved when eating those oats. I mean, you get stuck on like around the teeth and the shame, but I can't get stuck in the teeth that you find a bit later for lunch. Anyway, here's something that you need to try though. Do you like the pavlova? The pavlova. That's the meringue with the cream in the middle. It's a little bit like a, uh, a constructed, structured eaten mess. Not as messy as the eaten mess. So you've got the cream and then various fruits, strawberries, raspberries, whatever you really want to put in there. Absolutely fabulous dessert. So you try the oats. So get the old-fashioned oats, a cup of them, strawberries or raspberries, and then mix some coconut yogurt with it. And you try it. Mix it around. The texture, the taste, the creaminess. Make sure the yogurt's creamy as well. The creaminess reminds one of a pavlova. It is a healthy pavlova. And you get that little bit of crunch that you get with the meringues. It's a very similar consistency. Try it today. It is Chappie's tip of the day for your healthy pavlova. I'm in the middle of uh, doing the podcast, but one eye on the soccer scores. Could Liverpool beat Man City to claim the title? At the moment, as I speak, it's 1-1. Liverpool won, Wolves won after 83 minutes. And then Man City have exploded. They're 3-2. And Spurs haven't gone Spursy. They're going to beat Arsenal to the fourth place. It's 5-0. Whenever I'm not watching them, they do better. Whenever they do, <laughs> seriously, whenever I watch them, I am the death curse for this particular team. But we're going to talk about the Queen's Jubilee Puddings. Winning the Queen's Jubilee Pudding Contest is mere trifle. A lemon Swiss roll with Amarati trifle inspired by a dish served at the Queen's wedding in 1947 has become the chosen as the pudding to mark her platinum jubilee. Created by Gemma Melvin, a copywriter, the pudding was one of 5,000 submitted by amateur bakers around the country in a competition launched by Fortnum and Mason that make the best hampers. Melvin Trifle was announced as the winner by the Duchess of Cornwall in the BBC One's Jubilee programme, Jubilee Pudding, 70 Years in the Baking. Coronation Chicken became a national favourite after it was created to mark the Queen's coronation in 1953. And Jubilee organisers hope that uh, home bakers around Britain will be making the pudding for celebrations marking her 70 years on the throne at the beginning of June. 
After announcing the winner, the Duchess hugged Melvin and said, many congratulations. Oh my, I have to tell my grandma first. She is the first person who taught me how to bake. She told Judge Mary Berry, the chairwoman of the judging panel, thank you so much, Mary. It's an honor for your feedback. The competition was run in conjunction with a big lunch charity, asking people to create puddings that was fit for a queen and had a memorable story that was perfect for home bakers. The judges included the chef Monica Galati, who's uh, unanimous in choosing Melvin's trifle consisting of lemon curds, Swiss roll on the bottom, St. Clement's jelly, lemon custard, Amarati biscuits, mandarin coulis, whipped cream, candied peel, chocolate shreds, and crushed Amarati biscuits on top. I think I'm going to be making Gemma's try for at least 50 to 100 years without a doubt. My gran taught me how to bake, but my nan's signature dish was a trifle. Hers was laced with sherry. It reminds me of... Being, being at school, being served sherry at school, and uh, not sherry at school. What am I talking about here? <laughs> it sounds like we served sherry for breakfast this morning. No, I was <laughs> served trifle at school, and I said to the uh, to the um, workers who were serving the serving the trifle, I said, I hope there's sherry, sherry, sherry in the trifle, because my mother always put sherry. So probably thinking the Chappie family is uh, alcoholics and they only will eat sh- trifle with a dose of sherry. Anyway, <laughs> the gran taught her to make trifle. Hers was laced with sherry, decorated with kiwi fruit and flaked chocolate. This trifle was elevated, fit for a queen herself. I found that the queen had uh, a lemon uh, passe at a wedding, so I decided the pudding would be based on the lemon flavor. I think it would be perfect for jubilee celebrations refreshing for summer it can be made in a large dish or individual portions whatever you prefer how dare they <laughs> these adverts the ails are showing me cabri's chocolate fingers again in the middle of the pause that's when i felt i feel like cabri's chocolate fingers i had the old-fashioned oats but now by god i want a chocolate finger bring me one now so is a dodgy mustache better than a beard I've noticed that the, the unkempt beards are still around. Why on earth do men grow beards and keep them unkempt? I mean, it looks like there's no moisturizer. It's like the sort of thing that could start a grass fiber. It's so dry. But a lot of guys these days are growing the porno stars mustache, I've noticed. A lot of them have that. They have the uh, caterpillar maximus under the nose. And they're trying to rock it. And my question to you, the listener, is a dodgy moustache better than a beard? I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I think moustache can be a little bit cleaner and more kempt. But then you're making yourself look like Ron Jeremy or a John Holmes or one of, the, one of the stars back in the 70s here that basically you had a caterpillar under your nose and that caterpillar would probably collect all sorts of germs especially if you're in the, uh, in, the, in the sex film industry. I mean, you just don't want that. I mean, you really would have to scrub that moustache with bleach. And then the worry would be, would you bleach the moustache? You have dark hair and then you've got a blonde moustache after bleaching it to get rid of all the germs and germs from the activity you just pursued. It's apparently very popular amongst the ladies. The, the Barbarossa beard that puts 20 years, you know, ages you 20 years, and then the moustache, is incredibly popular amongst the ladies these days. Have you ever had to try to clean a corgi's bottom? 
Maggie does not like to have her bottom touched or washed or scrubbed or anything else. I had to put her into the trough and I need an elephant brush to scrub her down here. But she doesn't like to have her bottom cleaned and it's very, very difficult. I tried wet wipes. I tried cutting everything away. I mean, she's very messy, messy at what she does, to be honest. Um, and my question is, the Queen has had corgis, doggies all over the years. Do you think the Queen ever, ever had to clean her corgis' bottoms before? Because they're little buggers. They go and nip you if you try to touch. I don't think they, I think they see their bottoms almost like Kim Kardashian's. Their bottom is precious. Those globes, incredibly precious. And nobody should be allowed to touch the mass, the two bowling balls that they have behind so i've appeared from my fitness chrysalis to become a fitness fanatic butterfly <laughs> yes truly no i know nobody believes that do they but anyways at the gym the other day on the elliptical or as i like to call it the travelator and scouring around who else is there sweating their bottom off bollocks off whatever you want to say i saw a lady for the entire 40 minutes that i was there and she was in full gym gear, looked very, very, very professional. But she was just in the corner, standing by the water machine, texting. There was no gym workout. There was no exertion of any sort that I could tell. Um, and I'm going to now call it TFG, text from gym. And that's all she was doing. And probably telling her friends, I'm at the gym at the moment. I can't talk. But she was texting for the entire 40 minutes from the water butt and basically do no activity whatsoever i think it has to be made obligatory to record one's workout on the watch and just to show at the end as i you know like to show my mother my mama that i'm actually doing a workout so i'll send her the picture of the elliptical or me sweating and then she can tell those machines in the background that i actually went to the gym you have to you have to hold yourself accountable to this especially when you're becoming a fitness butterfly gym fanatic basically appearing from your chrysalis and is a metamorphosis from couch potato to athletic hound like a greyhound sprinting beating down the elliptical every day and uh yeah anyway don't be a tfg or a bfg because i mean if you were a bfg you'd be those horrible little snoz cumbers that'd be absolutely disgusting I guess it could be salt, though. If you had a snoz cumber at the gym, it would give you enough salt. It'd be like a salt lick. You would never lose enough salt if you were eating a snoz cumber. But do not be a tfg -er, a text from the gymmer. So talking to my lovely grandmother, Joyce, the other day, always fascinating to talk to her. And she, she breaks into the most interesting subjects. Like she said the other day, you know, when, you know, back in the 1950s and 60s, uh, 70s, I, uh, I knew this secret drinker. Yeah, the secret drink, his name was Charlie Wynn. He was a florist. And uh, he basically used to drink during the daytime when he was away from his wife. And he had secret bottles. You, you think it was like fertilizer or nutrients to pour into the flowers. But instead it was gin, vodka, the hard stuff, scotch. And it was uh, hidden in bottles that you'd normally think you would use as a florist to make the flowers grow. And they were hidden at the back there. And he used to like take a tipple. I wonder if he kept the flowers, the stalks in there. And I'm like, somebody came in and they saw him like taking a wee tipple from the, uh, from the vase. I mean, that probably did happen, didn't it? But he was a secret drinker. Bottles 
hidden like plant fertilizer and, and he, he was basically seen on the hills with his uh, secret stash and he's boozing it away the ch- secret drinker florist how's about that uh, and also uh, she mentioned i never knew this before that my one of my cousins who lives in the land of oz is uh, now dating uh, a tattoo gold digger now i don't know if i, I thought i was assuming she doesn't have any money how can he be a gold digger well no apparently he's actually a tattooed gold digger he has tattoos sleeves and he's a gold digger he goes excavating gold uh in the in the sort of hills and dales around queensland in australia this is what he does he's not not stealing money he's actually finding gold so he's a reverse of the uh, gold digger metaphor i guess he is a gold digger who goes excavating for gold and there's gold in them hills and my poor grandmother did become like the bird lady in mary poppins the other day a uh, she left the window open and a swift a bird that normally comes in the summertime in the uk was flying around carelessly free as a bird flying around meandering around crashing around soaring around her apartment and she was a little bit worried. She was very worried that it might build a, ha- a nest in her hair. I mean, that was a big concern for her. My father, being the hero, uh, being the knight that he is, came and rescued the bird. A bird in the hand is indeed worth two in the bush, uh, but not when it starts uh, pooping on the neck curtains. It's been nearly 100 years since S. Scott Fitzgerald published The Great Gatsby, a novel that has become a sartorial touchstone for the jazz age, in no small part because of the stylish film adaptations, as well as wearing a rather outre pink suit, silver shirt and gold tie, Jay Gatsby had a penchant for sports casual wear, then the preserve of the leisure classes, so-called because they could afford the sporting pastimes of sailing, golf, polo, and the like. Indeed, Gatsby's nemesis, Tom Buchanan, is an old money famous polo player who was wearing riding gear when we meet him in the book. Gatsby is, by contrast, a nouveau riche. Um, it is also notably used as a catchphrase, old sport, as a way of indicating his ascension to the elite ranks of the wealthy. He indulges in fast cars and has a hydroplane in the water and appears casually clothed in a sport shirt open at the neck sneakers and duck trousers of a nebulous hue duck hair being a very heavy cotton in those days sportswear reflected a tailoring based clothing that men were accustomed to wearing for example in the article of man in his clothes magazine entitled the prince wears red and black checks and a tuck in pullover describes how the prince of wales the future king edward the eighth and duke of windsor was playing golf in plus four suit in plaid with shirt and tie and tucked into a tucked into his trousers or a v-neck sweater as sporty styles were developed many of the pieces leached to everyday wardrobe cricket sweaters polo shirts tennis shirts rugby shirts and of course those sneakers jay gatsby wore have become the 21st century go-to footwear sportswear of today with its technical bent has moved way beyond the tailored wardrobe as has become the transition from clubhouse to high street and there it says is the rub because in recent years luxury fashion houses have mined the look of streets too serving up joggers sweatshirts and tracksuits with substantial ticket prices now we're seeing a fascinating backflip of sorts where some designers are looking to 
uh, reignite the notion of the leisured lifestyle as something you should be clothed in a sophisticated way. You might see this in a play by Zegner's recent collections where the artistic director Alessandro Satori has consciously decided to transform this Italian house input with 112 years of tailoring to create luxury leisure wear that has nothing to do with sport and everything to do with the modern reconstruction of the male wardrobe. But for God's sake, if you're having luxury leisure wear, have a shave. Shave the bugger off. So I had a dream the other day where I was back in my college town. Now the college town had become looking like Victorian terraced houses and I was dressed like a Victorian everybody else was but I was back in my university town and I was wondering what the, what on earth is this dream about what does this mean and I like to I like to basically narrate and delve stealthily and research what do these dreams mean so if you dream about college days it signals neglect and carelessness you feel restricted from what you really want to do there is something that needs your attention. This dream signifies some special occasion. Some past situation is preventing you from fully expressing yourself. It's a clue for comfort, safety, homeliness, protection, or new opportunities. You need to pay attention to the dream as it may offer a solution. Someone is wasting your time and stealing your energy and ideas. This dream is a metaphor for purification and the healing process. There is help when you need it. In your dream, is an indication of choice that you need to make that may affect others you are unconscious your lover may also be someone who is your ideal the dream is security nurture protection and feminine qualities your ideas are the way the thinking is all over the place in this dream stands for two choices or directions you need to come clean about something that has been nagging on your mind you also are ready to try something different the dream indicates you need to be alone or that you're feeling alone. You need to stop and reflect on what you are doing. The dream indicates the ending of one thing and the new beginning of another. You need to say sorry to someone. You need to be looking to shield yourself from somebody's emotional hurt. This dream draws attention to someone in your life, past or present. You're in a continual state of growth, rebirth, and regeneration. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. It's been an absolute trip having you here. A trap trip, I tell you. I thank you very much. I really appreciate you. It's absolutely marvellous having you here. Thank you very much. Time for a share. Time for a share. Do you want my glass of share? Yeah, I'll have a glass of share too. Sherry in the trifle. You need it. I tell you, it's the, it's the elixir of life. Having a dash of sherry dolloped with all those cream and cherries merely makes me want to sherry now. It's really the gelatinous, the beautiful strawberries in there, the sherry, the whipped cream, the custard. Really reminiscing about having a trifle now. That would be a trifle nice. But if you like Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, like and subscribe. You can follow me on Instagram at Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, Twitter at Keep Cheese. If you want to listen on different platforms, you can. Apple Podcasts, basic audio version there with no interruptions. Same with Spotify, Slacker Breaker, Audible, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I'm basically anywhere. Basically, if you dollop a piece of trifle out, when you dollop a piece of trifle out and all the sherry and cream is mixing together as that sort of emanates and becomes a marvellous concoction, you can hear Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese 
emanating from the boozy sherry trifle. There's a musical emporium butler edition. If you like that, then you can listen to lots of prints on this uh, on the show. I love prints. Lots of prints on the bu- musical butler emporium edition on Spotify. Some Tay Tay as well. You got some Beatles. You got some David Bowie. All of your old favourites interspersed between me talking a load of trifle. Today's poem is a Shropshire Lad by Houseman. Twice a week the winter through, here stood I to keep the goal. Football then was fighting sorrow for the young man's soul. Now in Maytime to the wicket, out I march with bat and pad, see the son of grief of cricket trying to be glad. Try a will no harm and try and wonder tis how little mirth keep the bones of a man from lying on the bed of earth. I shall return next weekend for two more Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Just a little warning for you who may get some feelings of pangs of desperation, separation, anxiety. I will be taking a little break in a week or so. I'm going on a little trip and uh, you will not have the podcast for a week. You may have one edition of the podcast, but you probably won't get two. This is in a few weeks time. Not next week. Don't panic. Don't panic. Next week will be fine. Until next week, have a lovely week. We're going from snow to melty to 85 degrees here again. I will look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, cheerio.